two, one. Hey, it's Rain. It's Rachel. Where can we be found? Um, so we are on YouTube at Get On Board. So like and subscribe to our channel and hit the notification button, which is the little bell. Ding, ding, so ding. Just, yeah, ding, ding, ding. Get on board. Get on board. Oh, sorry. <laughs> You're fine. Uh, um, I can't help. We have so many puns that we can come up there with. There is you know? a lot of train puns. Yeah. There's a lot. And we, we actually say them all the time, and it's kind of funny because we just like We just accidentally look at each other and we laugh. We're like, oh, we said it again. <laughs> and so you can also find us on Instagram at getonboard333. You got it right. <laughs> I know. Last time I said, oh, you can find us at Instagram. Instagram. <laughs> so, yeah, she made fun of me for that, which is okay because we like to make fun of each other. Yeah, you have to laugh at yourself. That's important. right. Yeah. Laughter is is very important. Finding joy in life is is yeah. not the taking point. yourself too serious is important, right? But that's I mean, isn't that the point to what we're doing all this for anyway? Is so that you get to this point because this is real. This isn't like here I'll do that face thing that I did before. This isn't like oh see. Ah. My life is perfect, and I'm perfect, and I'm happy. Yeah, no, this is real shit. This is yeah. us going through all this crap, creating lives that that are pretty fucking awesome, and and liking ourselves. And you know? that's one of the biggest things. Is like if you like yourself and you are balanced within everything outside is just like a bonus and nothing outside really throws you off I mean I mean we, we have we have shit that happens we had a big long discussion before we started the podcast because we had to deal with some energy and some questions because there's some things that really have to get done Rachel's working on some certifications that are extremely important to her and so we're trying to figure out you know We've got, we want to get these podcasts out because it's, this project is extremely important. So there yeah. are certain things that we have to kind of like put on the back burner, but these podcasts are, are number one, mm -hmm. you know, getting Absolutely. her certifications yeah. and taking care of that. And that's such a big thing in life to be able to communicate with people and, and be real. Because if you can't, you know, if you can't do that, if you're always at each other's throats or, or, or being silent, passive aggressive or silent. Oh, yeah. Just passive aggressive. Not saying thing. what you need or not setting a boundary. You know, a lot. I did that for years. I just, I wouldn't say anything, when, but you know, I learned that that doesn't get you very far because if you, if you don't tell people what you need or what you want, they don't know. There's no way they would know. Right. And sometimes even when you set boundaries, they people try to cross them and so yeah. you have to be confident enough in yourself and like yourself enough to put you know to go ah no 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 Bye. which actually is a great segue to this podcast mm -hmm. because we're talking about coming out of trauma and the fact that we were traumatized at very young young ages and a lot of people who end up with the you know sexual abuse and sexual tra trauma it happens to them very young and it gets swept under the rug you don't end up with any kind of counseling people look the other direction and you're just supposed to 
know how to deal with this shit that I happened. I don't think most people know how to do You know, you go with a lot of, a lot of people that I've worked with in my practice doing, you know, my Reiki and stuff. Uh, it's amazing how many men also, I would say, one out of every three male that I've worked with has been sexually assaulted as a child, too. How many, uh, you know, men men and women went to their parents and their parents literally did nothing, but I don't, parents didn't know what to do. It's not like, like you're taught, like, hey, your kid just got raped. What do you do? It's like, right, and, and, and this was years ago. What do you do? Like, and, and, and the difference between the two is like, when it happens, it ha- happens to girls or women, it's like, oh, well, you did something to bring that on. It's your fault. And with the guys, it's like, you must have liked it. If it's a female that has done that to them, right? It's like, nobody yeah. believes them. Yeah, because like you must have wanted it because you're You're a your guy, so who would yeah, want to have their babysitter said... touching them? No, you don't touch people. You just don't touch people. Right. People need to just not touch other people. Don't touch people. If, if they don't want you to touch them, don't touch them. Yeah, but, and again, but if you're a kid, <laughs> how do you explain, how do you say no, you don't touch me when you don't even necessarily know how to tell someone in power that they're not allowed to do that, right? I think one of the biggest steps is is teaching your kids that they don't have to do anything they don't want to do because kids are shoved into a corner. Do as I say, you know, don't mean an individual, don't talk back. You know, respect your elders, respect those that are older than you. Like, I remember being little and like, people would be like, you have to go give them a hug. And I'm like, I don't want to give them a hug. Like, I am uncomfortable. And I remember feeling uncomfortable giving certain people hugs. I don't want to give them a hug. But then I've got this parent or this, this, this other person, you know, like aunts or something, like go hug your uncle. And I'm like, I don't want to hug my uncle. Like, uh, oh yeah, I didn't want to hug my uncle. And, and, and there was a reason. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, if your kid is uncomfortable, don't make them do it. Right. Parents need to have uncomfortable conversations with their kids too. Like, don't if you don't want to be touched, you tell the person, you be mean. I don't want to be touched. Make noise. Be mean. Do whatever you have to do. But parents don't want to have the uncomfortable conversations. Right. It makes it makes them uncomfortable. It makes them sweat talking about sex. You know. I Our, think maybe because they were also. It could have you're right. sexually assaulted, and so it's very uncomfortable for them to communicate it. Right. It perpetuates. I know that it happened to my mother. I know that it happened to her mother. Mm-hmm. But then it perpetuated. They kind of allowed it to continue to happen, and and. It's so empowering to get to that point in in the generational cycle to actually stop that, to be able to speak up and say, now this stops now, this stops here. And mm-hmm. and learn that, that 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 is a good thing. So anyway, segueing to the fact that we talked about um, the trauma, we talked about our abuse last time, we do not get into details on purpose because there really is no reason to get into details of of what happened to us because that that's for you know some people do those kinds of things and it, it's provocative and it entices people and it you know it titillates them that is not 
to point to anything we're doing. We're here to say this is a serious problem, right? Mm -hmm. People go through this more than you will, more than you can ever imagine. Then you have this trauma that you have to deal with, and as you pull out of it, or try to pull out of it, when no one's taught you anything, where did you start, do you think? You mean like when I started doing my healing process, or I mean, what? how did I? In the beginning, in the beginning when you really didn't even know you needed to be healed, how were you pulling yourself out of trauma? Um. You kind of had told me. I, uh, here, I'll, here, I mean, our I did, you, you, I, said, I you said you kind of want to be bigger than life. You, you well, want it to I, be tough. Right? I got into fitness and I, I got into fights <laughs> with men. <laughs> I got into quite a few fights with men. Actually, it's kind of funny. Like, you know, people are like, yeah, I got to fight with, you know, chicks will fight chicks. I was fighting dudes because they pissed me off and they weren't fucking touching me. <laughs> That's the truth. So I picked fights and I started bodybuilding because I wanted to be, I, I almost wanted to just not be um, your stereotypical, like, I didn't want to be admired. I wanted people to leave me alone. Like, I just wanted people to leave me alone. So I focused on bodybuilding and I focused on being as bizarre as I possibly could. And the tattoos, believe it or not, no, I did not get tattooed because I wanted to be intimidating. I actually wanted tattoos when I was 10. I saw a biker with tattoos and I just really wanted tattoos. Like he had sleeves and I was like, I want sleeves. I'm dead serious. There was no more thought other than that. That's, that's it. So the tattoos, no, that's not why I did that. But, a but lot tattoos of the, are cathartic. They are. You know, I noticed a lot more people, when I got my throat tattooed, a lot of people just kind of left me alone. They were like, you're crazy. You're, you're crazy. Like you have a throat tattoo. And I'm like, it was one of the easiest tattoos that I got too, which is funny. Like. I would get my throat tattooed 10 times over than getting the insides of my arms done again. So, I mean, it was, it, I'm not a badass because I have tattoos. It's just I like art. Yeah, but, but, you, but you look like a badass. I mean, I guess. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it, but no, I did. I got really into fitness so I could build myself up. Well, I also got into uh, kickboxing. I did, uh, went right into kickboxing and I, I, kick, I learned kickboxing for three years. And. I just kind of wanted to beat dudes up. <laughs> I know that's so crazy to say, but I really did. I was just like, I just like, just come at the next dude that touches me, just come at me. <laughs> come on, right. just bring it on. I will punch you. So, so you weren't the victim, right? No, but, but I got but, the, but that was that was kind of like the the second way. Well, I don't know. That's that's kind of like a mix. Well, no, no, you weren't a perpetrator. I was a perpetrator. Yeah, you you were more like, hey, fuck this, right? Just like stoic. I just presented an energy that was very unappealing. Right. Like, just leave me alone. Right. I don't want to deal with. I don't want people in my space. Right. So but you it also bled into women too. Everyone, I was just like, everyone needs to just not touch me and be in my space. And it's funny because we kind of did. It a little bit opposite. I became like a perfectionist. I I started studying self help, and I became a straight A student. And I graduated really early, um, like age sixteen, with straight A's and the highest honors in school. And then I I went on to to um, be pretty successful at my first job, 
and then I created my first company at 19. And, and so I was all about achievement. You know, if I achieve this particular level, people will respect me enough that they will leave me alone. I will have, you know, I will have enough money and status and everything else. So it's the sa- it was the same. It's the same it's thing, the same but thing. it's a different. It's, it's the a, same. Right. We were commanding respect. Right. I want to be respected, which means I'm going to punch you and disrespect <laughs> me. Yours was, I'm going to overachieve you. Right. I'm going to show all you men that I can do this. Right. And you're going to be so afraid of me because I'm the one that's going to steal your job. I just wanted to punch dicks. <laughs> I wanted to shrink them. <laughs> just kidding. And you know, and, you know the thing that the thing that is really sad about this is that is that Rachel and I actually love men. Oh, you know, yeah, we love male energy, and we don't mean oh, I love men. Bring no, no, like we appreciate we men. appreciate men. Real masculine men that are not all about their ego, that actually have the ability to be respectful and kind and, and all those things that men are capable of being, but they... They're taught different. Yeah, they're, they're taught trained about different. to right. behave a certain way in our society. Right. But then and we were like lot, hateful. Yeah, well... And there was a reason for that. There was, but it had a lot to do with us. Like, our reaction... Is our reaction right? The guys that I was mean to didn't really—they didn't really do anything to get that reaction. But did it really protect you, or did you actually have? I had more issues because I drew it to myself. It was almost like I was like, "Come on, just just bring it to me." And then like I'd always have weird things. Like what? Just give me an example. <laughs> So, here's a, an off-the-wall off the one. I still sometimes do get some of this stuff. It's not like it used to be. Uh, I'm sitting outside a coffee shop, minding my own business, and a dude pulls up in his truck and wants me to come over and talk to him. And I'm like, I, I wouldn't go over to the truck because I was like, I don't know what this dude wants. And so he's hanging out the window, and he's like, hey, I, just, I, want, I want to ask you a question. And I'm like, what? So I go over there and he's like, I just, I, I have a question. And he just kept saying that. And I was like, you can ask me the question. I don't need to be by your truck. Okay. I don't trust you. I'm not coming over to your truck. And so he's like, well, I've been thinking about doing mail review. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, so I want you to rate my dick from one to 10. And I'm like, I started laughing at him and then he was mad. And I was like, who does this? Who, who does this? You, just, you don't even know me. You just like pull up in your truck and you're like, let me show you my dick and you can rate this. And I'm like, what? I don't want to rate your dick, dude. But I had a lot of that kind of behavior. People coming up to me all the time. I mean, I, we're laughing about it now, it's like, but it's not funny. We can laugh about it now. We can laugh about it, but you know, I also put myself into situations too. Like I was a bartender at a strip club and I loved instigating shit with those guys. Loved it. I was like, just say the wrong thing so I can just tell you what a piece of shit you are. Just say the wrong thing. That is terrible. It paid good. It was awful. It was the worst job. Like, 
it just it just kind of solidified my hate for dudes, but it wasn't had nothing to do with the masculine. It had everything to do no, with because the you put, wounded masculine was showing. That's up where there. they go. And it, you know, and in reality, I look back on it, and it's actually really sad. And there were, I actually met a lot of really cool people too. You know, I had really cool coworkers, and I had really there were some really really cool customers that came in. You know, and I learned a lot from some of those customers. And I actually am still friends with a couple of the guys. You know, they're older gentlemen, and they're just like the coolest people. But, like, I really look at it now and I'm just like, wow, I should have been nicer to those people because they're just trying to find They're, they just, have they're trying their, to find it out. Right. They're trying they to have their wounds that have come from different things. Right. And right? so, it, you know, yeah. me being there and kind of just instigating stuff too, like, just show me what a piece of shit you are. Oh, I already know you are. But then again, maybe the universe put you in their life to wake them up. I mean, at the time, I wasn't. I wasn't. In any, I mean, I was doomed. There, there was no doomed. universe back then. No, there wasn't. There wasn't. There was just. Yep. There was just doom. Yeah. <laughs> I was. I was angry. I was angry in general. So I was just kind of like, ah, oh, people are pieces of shit. So I don't expect any more from you. I don't expect any more from any of you. That's terrible. That's a really terrible outlook. What a sucky outlook. Well, and and when we don't, when we don't work on what has caused the trauma and and work through it and find those emotions and deal with the emotions when we are covering it up whether it's with you know i'm gonna punch you in the dick right or whether it is i'm going to overachieve we're we're masking that and some people mask it with drugs and alcohol and and overeating, which is one of the other things that oh, I, I did like, later. I, I drank, drank like a fish, too, yeah. but it wasn't covered. The, the second rape, I I actually um, overate and, and got heavier. Explain that. Well, look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I want to talk a little bit about overachieving and how even though I had built a business and people were like, wow, you're only 19 and you're in Newport and you built this business and, and they were like in awe. I used to I used to drive up to the Ritz and with my with my truck and all my shit in the back of it and I'd have it valet parked. Because I was even when I was young, I was that person I'm like, I don't care what you think that what I Here's you know my work truck. This is my work truck and I'm going in. Valet <laughs> valet park that son of a bitch. And so anyway, even though I had that attitude I had a client that came from the place where I bought my truck because when I went in to buy my truck for for my business when I started my business I I got the salesman and the the person that did the finance as clients for my company and so the finance guy um, and it's long enough that he's probably in a nursing home or dead by now, <laughs> so I can talk about this because he was older then. As long as you don't say names, right? I'm not going to say any names. Anyway, so he's a big dude. He's like six four, six six. He was a big guy. Anyway, he and his wife had hired me to clean their house, and it was a. I mean, it was an easy house because they were older, no kids, everything was clean anyway. So I would come in the morning, and she'd just be leaving for work. I would start in the kitchen, he would go back in the back and he would get ready for his work, then he would leave and I would work my way to the back. And so, you know, so they were only there for a few minutes. She would always leave about 
20 to 30 minutes before he did. So anyway, this one day I go in and, and she's leaving and um, he offered me a cup of coffee and so I had a cup of coffee and we chit-chatted a little bit just about inane things. And the next thing I know is this giant guy is coming up and like enveloping me and putting his arms around me and I'm like, what the hell are you doing? And he's like, I thought you wanted it. <laughs> and it's like, I'm in my cl fucking cleaning clothes and I'm having a cup of coffee just like talking. I'm not going, hey baby, let's do it. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's like, what about, what about just like having a conversation with somebody is I want to fuck you. <laughs> That's how, that is, that is our society. Right? So, Men and women do it. So so you can't, have, you can't have a conversation one on one. So anyway, without it becoming weird, he he then was embarrassed and he went to go get ready for work. So when he took off to the back of the house, I went in the kitchen and I took my check and I left. And later on, he actually had the balls to call me and say, "How come you took the check and didn't clean the house?" First of all. I'm certainly not going to stay in that house or ever come back. And I just told him, why don't you explain it to your wife why I took the check and didn't clean the house? I bet he cleaned the house. I have no idea what he did. I, I don't care. I never saw him or, or, and I never did a job for anybody from that car dealership or the, yeah, the car dealership it's ever not worth again. It. It's not right. worth it. Right. Your safety is not worth it. That's, so, but you've learned. You gained discernment and to trust yourself in those situations by having that trauma. So you were doing some of the work without even knowing you were doing the work. But the point is that, that when you're protecting yourself, I thought I was protecting myself with building a company, having, you know, gaining respect and becoming this particular person. And I figured that people would leave me alone and have respect for me. But I had not been working on what really counted and healing what was important inside of me. I hadn't been willing to look at the feelings and dealing with all that. Mm -hmm. So, so although in, in some ways what I was doing was very positive to the outside world, mm -hmm. it wasn't necessarily positive to my inner world, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. How about you? So I'm going to go back to where you were saying you were talking about the weight gain. Oh. Deal. Because it's something I yeah. did also. And a lot of people, so we're going to get a little woo-woo. <laughs> okay. I'm going to talk a little bit about emotions and energy. So energy is something you can't see. Emotions are something you can't see. You put them together, so emotions are energy. They affect the body. You feel them, you experience them, but you don't see them. Okay, but they actually have very serious consequences on the physical body. When you don't feel safe and you have an overabundance of emotions that are not being dealt with, particularly when it comes to sexual trauma due to the root and the sacral chakra, being located right here, having an overabundance of stacked traumas, you will gain weight and you will intentionally pack weight on in this area to keep yourself safe. It's to keep distance from other people, but it's also a psychological hook 
that if I look this way, and I'm not saying that being bigger is a bad thing, right. but it's not because I, I, if people are happy, they're happy. But it's a psychological hook for those of us who are interested in looking one way, but we don't feel safe looking that way because we feel like it brings an undue attention. So psychologically, because that's what society says. Yeah, so society says you're supposed to look this certain way, and this is this is deemed what is sensual and sexual and hot. Which I'm actually seeing that stereotype disappear, which is awesome because I'm I, I like seeing a lot of like the lingerie models that are they're bigger women and they look good. They look good. I'm like, yeah, finally we don't just have a bunch of like size zeros. Like that's kind of who boring. wants to be anorexic. Well, it's boring. It's boring. I want to see a variety of right. peoples. So, but anyway, so you, you go back to undealt with emotions and traumas. You, when you feel crappy about yourself too, you also just don't take care of yourself. You, you eat like crap. You, you sleep like crap. You overwork yourself, underwork yourself. You either become lethargic or you become overachieving. And that puts a lot of undue stress on the system. You, you get, you overstress yourself in one way or another and then your cortisol just goes out the roof. It's a mix of like hormonal issues due to not taking care of the self. Also emotional issues which lead to the hormonal issues, which I'll talk more about this later. <laughs> I like how you're starting to use your hands like on my I always like, use my hands. <laughs> always. Are you part Italian? Because I am. No, but I'm fluent in sign language. So there you go. So I spent four years doing nothing but communicating in sign language. I interrupted you. Sorry. No, no, no. You're totally fine. <laughs> but the the weight gain thing is very interesting, uh, especially with sexual trauma. So it's interesting if you really think about where women gain weight. Think about the areas that you gain primarily weight. It's protecting this area. You gain weight in the upper thighs, and you gain weight in the lower belly. Really think about it. I'm not saying that you have to buy into it, but really step outside the box and really look. The body will react to your inner world. If your inner world's tumultuous, it's gonna show on the outside. Absolutely, and I've seen this time and time and time again with all of my clients and myself. I've watched myself do it too. So if you don't feel safe, so even if, it doesn't even have to be a sexual trauma. It can be an emotional right. abuse. It can be physical abuse too. So um, we, we can go into that later. We are going we'll, to. We'll go into like emotional abuse and relationships and, and, and uh, physical, physical trauma. Physical and trauma and stuff like that. But um, yeah, weight gain. So I would have periods of not feeling safe and I would just pack it on. So something would happen and it was usually an emotional trigger that would lead me back and it was usually had something to do with the sexual aspect of either a relationship or something, you know, I had a multiple other events that I didn't even talk about that happened post that, that, that happened to me and I would notice my weight would fluctuate after because it was, you know, me burying, burying my, my, and for, for a lot of, myself. for me, a lot of it was control. Like when I was achieving, mm -hmm. I was also running. So I was running about 5K um, every, about five times a week. So I was running Back Bay in Newport five times a week. And I gotten pretty slender. But when I had, um, 
and I wasn't eating a lot. So that's really kind of anorexic behavior. It's control behavior, right? I'm going to control this. And then when I had, because I was also going to college while I was running my business, and when I had the, um, the second rape that came from the professor, because I don't count the uncle thing, that is it. You blacked it out. Yeah. yeah. Fortunately, I don't remember all that. <clears throat> but when I quit school, because I went from straight A's in college to failing because of this professor doing that. So my life was on track. I was... You know, I was succeeding in business. I was succeeding in school. My life was like going, you know, really well on the outside. And then this professor um, does this. And I immediately uh, became, um, I just started putting weight on. And then I was freaking out about putting the weight on. And so I became bulimic. So I definitely had uh, control. Yeah. So I, I was having the, these control issues. And um, I, I, I was just this inner turmoil, the argument with the self, you know, <clears throat> what, 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 what do I really want? And I, and I didn't even know that that argument was happening. And so I basically just, just left everything and started my life someplace else because I, I didn't, I just did not, I was done. Mm -hmm. Right. I, I was done with whatever that was because no one had ever taught me the questions to start questioning the self to find myself because make sure you're OK. I didn't realize yeah. that I was protecting myself <laughs> right. with what I was doing. Well, it's because we're we have not stepped outside the box. People don't, you know. Mental health is underrated. Emotions are underrated in our society. Right. And it it's everything has to do with it. That's what yep. sucks is it starts there. And emotions, it's like emotions are bad. Everyone talks about, oh, control your emotions. And I understand controlling your emotions. But... To get to a point where you can control your responses to things, you have to learn what your emotions are, are caused by, right? You have to feel the emotion, understand what's going on, ask yourself what you prefer, you know, ask those different questions. It's a process. Mm -hmm. You can't just suddenly go, oh, I'm feeling this, I don't need to respond. It's usually, I'm feeling, go pop a Xanax or, you know, but don't go have a drink. Don't show you have emotions. Well, I think most people don't. They don't realize that every emotion serves a purpose and it's okay. It's okay to be mad. It's okay to be mad. It's okay to set boundaries. So this is where I'm going to go into the whole empathic thing. So many people are like, well, well empaths, you know, well, you're just meek and mild and... You're you're a victim. No, 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 no. no, no. Standing up for yourself and getting mad and being angry when it's valid is totally okay as an empath. And I, I, I always laugh when people are all like, but empaths are just supposed to be ever loving. That is being ever loving to the self by setting a boundary and making sure that I am safe and understanding why I'm feeling these emotions and expressing these emotions. Because if I'm never mad... It's going somewhere. 
you're shoving it somewhere and it's going to come out somehow. And then one day you're just going to explode. You know, I know that because that's what I used to do. I am happy all the time. I never have arguments. I never have disagreements. It's because I'm shoving it all like in my butt. I don't know. I don't know. Where <laughs> that's you where know? everybody wants theirs to go yeah, nowadays you know? because everybody wants yeah, that everybody butt. Wants a huge butt. <laughs> it's all about squats. <laughs> I, you know, don't truth, stuff your emotions in your butt. The, well, the truth is, is I really don't want the butt. I want to be gazelle. That's know? fine. That, and that's okay too. Right. Everyone has their idea, you know, and there's nothing wrong with you wanting to be a gazelle and you wanting to have but. a badonk. <laughs> <laughs> I like badonks. I have a big butt. I want I know, to we get a, we, authority when I come in the room. No, I'm just kidding. But, okay. you know, but the, the truth about this is that we have such positive body image about ourselves now that we can talk like this. Mm -hmm. It's not uncomfortable, right? No, not at all. Well, and... I realize that, like, my body, I appreciate my body. Oh, absolutely. Because. Not me, I appreciate, I do appreciate your body. Thank you. I, I appreciate, appreciate your body. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate all the bodies. But. <laughs> but. We'll go into more in the physical trauma, and I'll explain why I appreciate my body so well. Right. You know, we'll get further into that, because when you lose your ability to use your body, right. you appreciate it when you get it back. So, right. um, Or your ability to use your mind, or, or your ability to be, I mean, we'll get into this later, you had it more severe than I did, but not have the equilibrium to even freaking drive. Yeah, oh yeah, no, yeah, that's, that's, that's. We had that in different formats in a different yeah, way, and we're gonna sucks. get into that in the next series. It's yeah. fascinating. It, it is. And, you know, it's it's pretty cool how when you start realizing how much of how much control you have over all of this and it bleeds out. How much your, control. Yeah. Well, and the right kind of yeah, control because right. you had the wrong kind of control. Overachieving. I had the wrong kind of control. I just want to beat everyone up and be big and scary and whatever. You had bulimia. I had anorexia. You had anorexia also. I had anorexia. That was definitely about control. Definitely. It's, it's right. totally about. I My outer world is so out of control. I can control this. I can control, I can control this myself. one thing mm -hmm. about life. You know, I can, I can eat something and throw it up. I can control that. Mm -hmm. I, that sounds really weird to people, but there's going to be a whole lot of people out there that get that. And that are going to say, oh my God, thank you for actually saying that and not it not being creepy or taboo or making me feel like shit because this is what's happening. These are the things that we do. Like we eat our feelings, right? If we don't deal with them, we eat them. You know, that's one of the ways that, that we manage things. Or we feel empty so we don't want to eat. Right. Oh, I noticed that was a big thing is that I was devoid of any emotion and so feeling empty completely was very peaceful. And it gets very, very addictive. Right. You get very wrapped up in it. And then you get the results of, oh, you look good. Right. I, I do? I had oh, a friend that was always okay. on a cleanse, you know? Yeah. And it got to the point where it was like a 15-day dry, I mean, nothing. Yeah, that's bad. That, it's sad. Right, it's bad. It's sad, especially if you've if you've been in it and then you see other people doing it, you're just like, oh, 
I was there. Not that the people are bad. It's no. bad for your physiology. No, there's nothing wrong with them. I feel right. bad for them because they're right. in it. And I'm just like, right. oh, I understand. I empathize with you because I've been in it. Right. And I, I, I know where you're at. I mean... But in the outside extent. world, it looked like you were doing great, right? Oh, yeah. oh you oh, yeah. look so great. Oh, no, I, everyone was like, oh, you look so good. And I'm like, my collarbones are like veering out. I've got like all the all the bone structure on my shoulders was like sunk in and like popping out. Like you could see my bones right. in my shoulders. Like I like having like more of a muscular shoulder, not like football shoulders. If that's what everyone else likes, that's fine. But... And yeah, I look at old pictures, and I had so many people come up to me like, oh my god, you look so good. And I'm like, ew. <laughs> you guys thought I looked good then. What's wrong with you? No, he's good. But, but, but people think that everything is fine because... You're fitting you're, into the societal right, you're, norm. You're fitting in. Right? I, yeah. You look like everything's okay. As long as I look like everything's okay, it'll be okay. And you're dying. Those eyes that you just had. The stare. Right. That it, like when you're so hungry, you get that stare. I remember looking at pictures of me, and it looks like I'm like, "Give me food, <laughs> I need food, but I don't want food." Right. You get this really, this very vacant, vacant stare. Yeah. 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 So, it's yeah. So sorry, I was I was checking the time because we're again we're tech tards and we don't want to. I mean, we could talk for hours, but we don't want to like drive you guys crazy yeah. but the the thing about coming out of trauma and not doing not knowing that there is work to do i think that that's a big key is you're just supposed to handle this shit right you just you just wafted away you're supposed to you go from like trauma to life yeah like it didn't happen just it's it's okay it you know it just it just happens this stuff happens, just let it go. Or you go or from trauma go? to victim. And a lot of people that, in, and in society, it's almost more acceptable to go from trauma to victim than it is to like trauma to life, right? I, you know, yeah. And I got sucked into that for a, a, a point. It's all happening to me. What did that look like? Just self-defeatism. It's self-sabotage. I just sabotaged everything that happened in my life because I was just like, oh, it's just going to go bad and people are just going to screw this up and it's all just going to be bad. And everything bad always happens to me. I just have bad luck. Everything's just bad. No, I made bad choices, but I didn't know any better at the same time. Was I purposely making I don't think anyone purposely makes bad choices no one on a conscious level is just like I'm gonna screw up every I'm gonna screw up my relationships I'm gonna screw up you know my work life no one does that intentionally it's all subconscious hooks. yeah there well, I mean there's some people that that will do that because they think they deserve to be but it's a subconscious hook yeah. they don't even understand why they feel that way they just are doing it. it's like you're on autopilot I already expect this, so this is what I'm going to get. Okay. You don't allow yourself any better choices. You just continue to low bar your choices because that's all you're expecting. But that's a psychological hook. That's, that's all in the subconscious. That all has to do with the emotions that you have tied to the self. And when we declutter ourself, 
we can make better choices because we don't have all those old hooks and those old nagging thoughts. I can't do this. I'm not capable of doing this. Those all go away and they're filled with more positive stuff. I've got this. I can do this. I will do this. I, I will support myself. I am capable of doing these things. So the old programming, the old subconscious hooks, they disappear and then we start reapplying all these new, you know, the questions. You ask yourself the questions. Am I capable of doing this? Yes, I can do this as long as I take these steps. I know I can do this. This is stuff that I can do. I know I can because I've been through all this. But it's work. When you're when it's you get a when, you, work. when you get into the victim mode, I mean I have had <laughs> I had a couple of friends that were in that victim mode mm -hmm. and I, I had to just like leave them where they were because it was obvious they never wanted to do the work, but they had had sexual trauma when they were young and had gotten, you know, over the 300 pound mark, right? Mm -hmm. And everybody waited on them hand and foot and they replayed their victimization over and over again. Mm -hmm. And so they got everyone to cater to them. No, well, that was their identifier. So so they never wanted their life to was built around right. that trauma. Right. And that's it. That's it. And they, they didn't never want to step out of that. Nope. So it's just I'm a victim and this is how I'm going to live and this is going to be my story forever. Mm -hmm. And then there's the one that is, you know, that third one where people become the perpetrators. Fortunately, you and I didn't do that no that was like no, the farthest never, thing from anything that i mean maybe in a way i was a perpetrator by well when, when you were in fights right <laughs> but that but that was but different, different. but was you were you weren't out there raping men no 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 that didn't happen so <laughs> right um because that that would be a perpetrator you were you were protecting right. you were self-protecting self-protecting but but in society you know how many times do you hear the uh defense in court about oh well, this happened when I was a child, and so that's why I'm this way now, and that's actually used as a viable, valid defense. Because they don't want to do the work. Right, and, and you even hear that in the woo-woo community and, and you know, oh, the yeah, empathic you community, you hear the, this, this one particular thing. Oh, well, you know, hurt people hurt people. Bullshit! It's a choice. If you're going around and you are hurting people and you are doing it intentionally, that is a choice. That is the third choice of the four choices. So now you are making an excuse that because somebody hurt you, it's okay to go around and hurt other people. It's taking self-accountability out of it. It's their fault that I do this. No, it's your fault that you're behaving that way. And until you realize that it's all about you, not them, or who did what to you, it's all about you. It comes back to you. Yeah. The self-accountability thing in, in the, that community is so bad. It's so bad. I have never heard so many people that they spiritual bypassing. Oh, it drives me crazy. Crazy. Tell people what spiritual bypassing is. Just love it away. Just love it away. Don't feel any other. Don't be angry. Just love it away. That's really love trying to pour. No, it's not. You're angry. It's okay to be angry. It's okay. 
I'm gonna tell you all right now, it is okay to be angry. It's okay to set boundaries, it's okay to be angry, it's okay to be sad, it's okay to be frustrated, it's okay to be irritated, it's okay to be all the other many, 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 many in-between emotions. They're all valid and they all need to be expressed and they all need to be felt. It's not all just love and light. You don't do your shadow work, you are not going to get far. You're not going to get far. The shadow work is where you find all those beautiful little nuggets of good stuff. But also, you it, it is possible to work through anger and then realize their anger has no place in the situation you anymore get, because, balance. because there's nothing that you can do about the situation mm -hmm. or about that person. And then you can let them go like with unconditional love and you leave them there. You go and do your life. You set boundaries. <laughs> wow. Setting but, boundaries. Bye bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Yeah, I do that all the time. I do it on Facebook a lot. Yeah, you know, I... Like, I'll set boundaries with people and they cross them and I'm like, Bye-bye. Unfriend. I unfriend people. I let people watch me for a long time, but if they... <laughs> you know, I do. It's like, why are you watching me? <laughs> I don't know. Why are you just me. sitting there watching me? And But the other day I cleaned my Facebook out. I just went... You know, but what, what it made me realize is how many of the people that are in my Facebook, I actually know when I talk to. I thought, I thought maybe there'd be 20. There's a, sh there, there's a ton of people on there that I actually know and I actually the like people, them. Yeah. And, and I was blown away. The majority I, of my friends are my friends. I was blown away. And I have over a thousand people on my, my some of them aren't. But I like them. Like I, I, like I have friends online that like I don't know them in real life, but I like their posts. Right. Like I find I know them via through posts, particularly those that post lots of animal videos. Right. Well, yeah. You're yeah. my favorite ones. <laughs> yeah. I can mean, think of two people right now. I'm like, you're my favorite people on Facebook because you post nothing but animals. <laughs> so I don't know how we got off I don't on know. this direction. It's okay. That's what but, podcasts are about. Right. We're just because it's real. Again, because this is life and this is part of what fuels it. And and going into this whole thing with social media, um I mean, I use it to put a message out on a regular basis pretty much every day that has to do with positivity, but not like, "Oh, smile. It's a beautiful day." It's real. <laughs> Sorry, I do that a lot. I do that fake thing with the face and the voice because it's such bullshit. Um, <laughs> you know, you can't just tell, I mean, you can tell anybody, just smile. That's, that's spiritual bypassing. You'll feel better. If just you just smile. smile. Well, you know. It's, oh, your dad died? Just smile. Just smile. It'll be okay. No. no. That's not what You have, you to, have to grieve. grieve. <laughs> right. You have to grieve. You have to feel the to feelings. But and and my posts may not be positive in sunshine and rainbows every day, but they're positive in the functioning and going forward and moving through of life and realizing that the contrasts of life, heartbreaks of life, the winds of life, you know, it's all this beautiful dance once you get to this point where you're asking yourself 
the questions as you're feeling things and you understand that it's okay to feel these things and sometimes it might feel like you've got an elephant on your chest for a couple hours and you're like what the hell is this and you don't really necessarily know what the hell this is and people say that anxiety that you can just come up from nowhere and it doesn't it, nothing it's brought on by nothing i don't agree you can always trace it back to something that's going on mm -hmm. and and we may talk about a lot about woo-woo work here and there because Rachel and I both very strongly believe in connection and we believe in energy work and so you may need to have energy clearing your space there may be something that is energetically screwing you up or chakras rebalancing and some of you may roll your eyes but it's a real thing I can guarantee you I have seen the difference when you clear your energy, when you get your chakras rebalanced, when you meditate, those things are real. They've been around for thousands of years. Mm -hmm. So um, we've both worked with thousands of clients between the two of us that have seen the results. That's the thing is, is I'm no bullshit. If I don't see it, I don't experience it. I'm gonna question it. Yep. I have seen time and time and time and time again this isn't me trying to bait people into believing something because you have to experience it yourself but this is where you have to step outside the box and open your mind and be a little bit more fluid and realize that everything isn't as simple as what you see there's a lot behind the scenes that's going on that you don't see that is working for you or is working against you it's not that black and white though it's a little bit more complex than that but well, energy work is absolutely a life changer it changed well how much of my our, physical fitness and everything how much of us are energy we're 99.9999 percent energy we're electrical our nervous system we are energy we're like magnets though electromagnetic fields yeah it's it's and and so why do we bring this up because there is all kinds of work that a person can do with themselves and for themselves to work through these kinds of things and we're talking we were we went into social media for a minute so right now i want to bring that up because it is such a um you know we back in the day you did fitness you know i achieved and one of the things that people do nowadays is they get caught up in social media it becomes it's just like that's their that's their addiction that's their distraction right? that's the that's, distraction that's how they cover over and mask over all their feelings they don't want to deal with something or deal with people around them that's their way of shutting off and going into so i mean i think also though it's designed to be addictive it's been proven that it's well there's a lot of things that are designed to be addictive there's the foods at, at the grocery right. store but it's all it's all just whatever's gonna hook right it's just some people that's that's what hooks them right porn. I, yeah but porn you know and i don't have an issue i don't know we don't have an issue with, with porn. sex it, workers or anything that's no. great i worked at a strip club for five years but it can but become it, a problem it can become a problem we'll talk about and that we're going to talk about that too we're going to get in more depth because because we I think we have really healthy um, perspectives and realistic perspectives mm -hmm. on on world issues that are going on every day with people. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't we're not here to 
candy coat anything. We're not here to judge it. But we no. do have very strong opinions because there are a lot of things that we have personally had to deal with. I don't, I mean, there's not a lot of people that I know that have been through a tenth of the things that I've been through. And that's not as a comparison, but it's just that it gives me so much to be able to share with people and so many ways that I can help them find their tools. The way I look at it is, is everything that's happened to me is leading up to this. Right, exactly. Life was happening for me so I could become a catalyst for other people, so I could help other people. So I was like, I want to experience all of this so I can help people. But if I wouldn't have done the work and I wouldn't have made the choices to do the work, I wouldn't have gained the knowledge and I would have gained the wisdom that I have now to get through it in a positive way and then have a positive life, I would have continued to stay back in the victim mentality, which I had the choice. I definitely easily could have fallen into that. I could have easily fallen into just going into addiction or, yeah. or distracting myself consistently with, you know, this or that. And, you know, we all have some sort of advice to a certain extent, but they don't control. My vices don't control. Moderation. Anymore. You know, it's, it's that whole thing about mod moderation yeah. and moderation and balance. And I don't ever feel guilty about, indulging in certain things. You know, it's like, if I want a cupcake for breakfast, I'm going to have a cupcake for breakfast. If I want is potato that, chips, yeah, that, I'm going to have potato terrible chips. advice as me as, as a health coach and as, uh, you know, an aspiring uh, personal trainer, which I got my TRX thing done. But, um, so, but the reality is, is I've been on both sides and I competed in bodybuilding and I also was anorexic. And not taking care of my body, you know, and drinking excessively. And I'm gonna tell, I'm just, this is just my opinion. Neither are good. That's just my opinion. I think they're both atrocious. They're two opposite, complete extremes that both lead to the same feeling I'm not good enough. I need to do more. I need to push myself. Not that it's bad to push yourself, but when you have this expectation you get body dysmorphia you need to be bigger I have to be bigger I have to be bigger this isn't enough I have to do more I have to do more I have to push my body and you're getting injuries and you're hurting yourself and you're taking all these pain pills or or you're taking all this these yeah, other illicit no. illicit substances get bigger bigger you got a problem that's a problem I yep. saw it in the bodybuilding community and I also you know and then I experienced it in the party community and I've kind of gone right into the middle and went, I just want balance. There's nothing wrong with competing. I have nothing against people who compete because I know it takes a lot of hard work and a lot of dedication. But they are not the epitome. There's a lot of people in that are not healthy. There's nothing healthy about what they're doing to themselves. I watched it. And I'm like, you guys have eating disorders. You guys are crazy. You guys, but you crazy. know that, but you, you guys, know, you know that are crazy. You've been there. Yeah, I'm, right. I'm. I'm saying you guys are crazy if you think. That you are the epitome of health. Right. Reality this is, is you're harming yourself so bad, right. and you only eat like five foods because these are the only foods that are on your diet plan. And if you step outside of that, then oh, I can't do that. And I'm like, you have an eating disorder. You know how I know you have an eating disorder? Because I've been on the other opposite side, and it's the same same with two different appearances. Right. So it's like there's tons of people in the bodybuilding community that are balanced and happy. I don't think there's anyone that's anorexic and balanced and happy. But <laughs> yeah. I'm saying you have yeah. the two, I've seen the two oh. polar opposites 
and now I'm kind of like in the middle and there's not a lot of shame behind, you know, I still push myself and I still expect, you know, a certain level of commitment and dedication. You know, I go to the gym when the gym's open, which is tomorrow. <laughs> Yay! Yes. Hello, kitty. Um, you know, I, I expect some, you know, a good level of output from myself, but it's not so rigid and it's not control. And it's an, it's not perfectionist, you know? You always yeah. want to do your best. And your best is going to change from day to day. And you are going mm -hmm. to listen to your body and you might be able to kill it today, but tomorrow you might not be able to do this, be at the same level and you're listening to your body and realizing that if you do this particular thing, you're going to have an injury and it's not worth it. Mm -hmm. Because I run walk and I also hike, but there are days where it's like, oh, my knees aren't feeling right today. I don't think I'm gonna run. Mm -hmm. I'll just walk. And that's okay. Right. Because you know you're gonna show up and do your work. You're still doing a level of work. You're just, you're- Listening. You're listening to, you have body-mind connect. Right. Which is really important, which is where when you apply the energy work to fitness is where you start making connects. And so this is what we're talking about right now is going to segue into our next podcast because this podcast was all about all the ways that we thought, you know, like we were protecting ourselves. It looked to the outside world that we were doing great, but we hadn't done the inner work. And so we're going to talk in the next podcast about the inner work that we did, how life began and how life began to change mm -hmm. and what a difference it does make. So um, we're so glad that you joined us today. We hope that you are on this journey to heal yourself and to find more joy and happiness in life because that is the whole point to what Rachel and I are doing. We want you to get on board with you, with your life. Yeah, with you. That's what it is. We're just telling you our experiences so you can find that strength within yourself and go, wow, they can go overcome this. I can do this too, and I'm going to find my happiness and my path because um, one of the biggest things that, that I always tell my, my clients and stuff is, I'm not your guru. I'm not your guru. I yep. am not your guru. I'm not your shaman. You're your guru. You're your own guru, and you need to find it within yourself to find that inner peace and find what it is that you need and find your own happiness. I am my guru for myself, and we can be guides and teachers. That's what we're, we're answer just guides. questions. That's it. I'm an illuminator. I have a bunch of wisdom. Here, let me share some of my wisdom with you. Some of it you're not gonna agree with. Some of it you're gonna be like, "Cool, that's great. I can apply that to my life." And other stuff you're gonna be like, "That's fucking dumb. I'm not applying that to my life." Great. Don't apply it to your life then, because it's not for you. Some of the stuff she says. You're gonna be like, that's not for me. Some of the stuff I say, hey, it's not for me. Everything, everything I do is for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. She's not. No, she's not. <laughs> oh God. So anyway, um, we are going to uh, probably wrap this up. Let you know again where you can find us. We uh, our podcast is on Pocket Casts and Breaker, Radio Public. And Google Podcasts. And Anchor. And Anchor. And you can find us on Instagram at GetOnBoard333. Then YouTube. Get on board. And we like would, and subscribe. Like and subscribe. Hit the bell. Ding that little bell. So you can see our new videos, which we're going to have one every week. We'll have a podcast every week. 
The dates might change a little bit because I'm retransitioning back into the gym and they're changing the dates because we have to slowly open up because of the COVID thing. So it's it's going to be kind of... We're going to do it every week. We're going to do it every week, but, but it it's might really change. important the for Rachel to finish her, her cert certificates. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's so a big I deal. Just, I have but, to kind of do what it is that my other job is allowing me to be able to do. But this podcast is very important because yes. it's been a dream of ours for a long time to to help people find their joy. Yeah. Really. So anyway, love you guys. Take care.